Hey everybody, Shireen Marisol Maraji here, and I wanted to let you know about something very special that's coming up on the podcast. April 1st is officially Census Day, where people all over the country are going to be checking a race box. So we're bringing you some really great storytelling all month long, not necessarily about the census, but about who we are and who counts in 2020. You're not going to want to miss this. There will be some foul language in this episode. You have been warned. Some cussing. I'm Shireen Marisol Maraji. And I'm Gene Demby. And you're listening to Code Switch from NPR. And today we're joined by our teammate and senior correspondent, Karen Grigsby-Bates. Hey, KGB. Hey, y'all. All right, fam. I'm going to be Captain Obvious and just say that this has been a very weird week. The weirdest week? I mean... Ever I've ever had. We're all basically self-quarantining. I've only been working from home for a few days and I'm already starting to like lose my marbles. I've eaten all the tortilla chips in my house. I'm doing <laughs> push-up contests with myself. I'm sending challenges, push-up challenges to your husband, Jerry. Which I did not know about till right oh, now. I challenged both of y'all too. Your whole oh, you house challenged me? I don't do push-ups. You know what I do do though? What? I dance. That, was, that is true. You yes. do dance. You do be dancing. And the highlight of this very, very weird week, and, and I do not like working from home. I'm very bad at it. I'm an extrovert. Um, so the highlight was taking Debbie Allen of Fame Fame's free dance class on Insta and body rolling, which I'm doing right now in the studio, to Beyonce's Naughty Girl. Tonight, I'll be a naughty girl. I'm calling all the girls. Whatever gets you through. Karen, you know you love that song. You know, I love hearing Gene be your backup. That's what I love. Yes, I'm definitely the Michelle Williams. <laughs> and I'll know we have hit end times when Gene starts to eat mayo straight out of the jar. Oh, no. Nah. I mean, at that point, I'll plead for the corona to just take me. <laughs> no, you won't. <laughs> All right. Um, well, Karen and I live here in California. And mm-hmm. here in the Golden State... The governor has issued a stay-at-home order directing California's 40 million, that's 40 million residents, not to leave their homes except for essential Mm. travel. True. But days before that order, Californians like me, that is people 65 and older, have been ordered to stay at home because we're some of the most vulnerable to the effects of COVID-19. So we older folks have had a little more time to get used to this, although I can't say that I like it. (laughs) <laughs> How old are you again, KGB? Is it okay if I ask? Well, you could cut off a leg and just count the rings, but... <laughs> <laughs> but um bump I am, drum roll please, 68 years young. And I'll admit it's been really tough to stay cooped up inside. I'm sort of an introvert, so it doesn't bother me as much as it does some other people. I mean, I've got books. I can bake bread if I can find yeast. Um, I have some closets to reorganize. I'm recording us from deep in one of them now. Mm. <laughs> and my husband is here with me. So, you know, we have all sorts of things we can do together. All right now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what does that mean? <laughs> oh, don't sound so scandalized. I mean, I might be a mature adult, but I still want to enjoy my time in social isolation or okay. almost isolation or semi-isolation. Mm. Get it, KGB. 
Well, tell us then, Karen, what is the best thing you've read lately? (laughs) (laughs) Well, since we're on the topic of aging and how we spend our time, I recently read the new novel, It's Not All Downhill From Here, by Terry McMillan. Terry McMillan? Oh, that's a, she's an icon. She's an author of so many classics. Wait Until We Sell. Fun fact, me and my boy Jabari, when we were 15, we snuck into the movie theater to see Wait Until We Sell. We were like the only 15-year-old boys <laughs> in, that, in that movie theater. I uh, love that show. you snuck in to what that is, movie. We didn't, well, we didn't sneak in. It felt like we were sneaking in. I mean, it was literally just... And I felt like it was my experience with all of her stuff. Like, my mom was reading the books, and I would read them when she was done. Oh, um, got it. was, like, way... I should not have been reading it. It was not appropriate for my age. Anyway, <laughs> uh, Wait Until We Tell, uh, How Stella Got Her Groove Back, uh, Disappearing Acts, a bunch of wildly popular books about black women uh, that also became wildly popular movies in some cases. Um, so what is It's Not All Downhill From Here about? The book follows the main character, a woman named Loretta Curry, and her crew of very close friends. These are women who are all dealing with different issues. Loss, health problems, fights with their loved ones, trying to figure out what they want to do next in life. But for the most part, you know, they're aging, and they are not interested in dying anytime soon. Which has been actually what we've been talking about a lot with all this coronavirus stuff. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, let's not talk about that right now. And let's talk about some bound chicka wow wow. Oh. <laughs> I can't believe you know that. That is so <laughs> ahead of your time, behind your time, whatever. That was the Ohio Players and Brickhouse. She's always been fast, though. You know I, mean? I have always been fast. <laughs> Speaking of which, I've heard that there is some romance mixed into this novel. Yeah, this book has everything. And in a nod to the new reality that we seem to be living under because of COVID-19, Terry was in her home in Pasadena. I was in my home in Los Angeles. And we had a chat about friendship, family, sex, race, and of course, what it means to get older. And by the way, she and I are almost exactly the same age, Shireen. We were born one month apart. Just as your friend group in Waiting to Exhale made a certain kind of black woman visible to Hollywood and to the outside world, do you think Loretha and her friends might do the same thing for women in their 60s? Because that age group is still fairly invisible for a lot of reasons. I, I don't think that I was writing to prove anything about how valid our lives still are at this age, but that's hopefully what I hope people get out of it because... I already knew it, you know? I mean, I don't feel like I have one foot in a grave, and, you know, um, I don't really feel like it's all downhill from here. I feel like this. When I get to the bottom of the hill, I'll know I'm done. Bye. But it was. But let me tell you, I'm, gonna, I'm having a pretty damn good time, and I do whatever I can do to try to take care of myself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. At... One point, I remember hearing somebody say, you know, it's common knowledge that the best friends you make will be people that you have made friends with pretty early on in your life, like, you know, college or right after college. And then after that, you know, people sort of look and go, yeah, I don't know so much. What do you think of that? You know, no offense, but I think that's a little narrow-minded. I, I live in a really cool apartment building or condos, whatever, and I have recently met a couple She's 46, and he's, I don't know, he might be 46, too. I don't know. 
we have become like best friends. Um, and she's Korean and he's Jewish. And we are like BFFs. I'm the one who probably talks more about my age than the people that I may associate with who are younger. They don't mm -hmm. trip on it. They don't think about it. So is 68 the new 38? I don't care. You know, however you want to roll with it. That's the way I look at it. You know, um, mm. I don't know. I walk three and a half miles by the Rose Bowl. I do whatever I want to do. And I don't care what age is associated with it. I don't care. You know, some of these kids, I have to tell them, you know what? You don't necessarily have it all figured out at 30 or 25. You know, it, it life is life can be a stroll. It can be a roller coaster ride. It can be uphill, downhill. But the bottom line is, is you can roll with it. You don't have to have everything figured out by 25 or 30 or 35. I published my first book when I was 36. So this is how I talk to young people. Right now, do what you can do now and slide. You know, sometimes there are going to be bumps, but you can get up. And the next thing you know, you'll be 68 and things are still rolling. It's not all downhill uh, centers around a group of women, as did Exhale, who are as close as sisters. I mean, they both aggravate and they sustain each other <laughs> like real sisters. Um, yeah. You often work within the framework of black sisterhood. Why is that important to you? Well, I have three sisters, one of whom has passed away recently. Um, and I don't know. I've, I, you know, I, I'll put it this way. I have friends that I still, that are, I've had known since college and we treat each other like sisters it's just, I, I don't know, the only way that I think you really can differentiate is just blood. But we all moved in different areas, I mean, different cities and all that, but we just, we just, we don't forget each other's birthdays, Christmas, and, you know, we are sisters. What happens, and actually happens really early in the book, upends Loretha's life completely. Um, and a lot of the subsequent part of the book talks about how she comes to grips with it, how she deals with this big change in her life. Um, her girlfriends are a big part of that help, yes? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. You know, I mean, I still, like I said, I have friends now that, you know, I mean, just I, when things happen, you, you some things you can share with your family, some things you can't. You know, because sometimes family has a tendency to judge you. Um, and your friends, they if they judge you, it's a, it's a little softer. At least that's from my observation, because we, 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 we support each other in ways that their families give them problems. We all do. And I don't, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't understand the psychology behind it or the, the, the dynamics, but... You know, sometimes you do feel closer to your friends than you do your own family. I don't know. I think I think as you get older, friendship is more important. It's, it's you value it more, especially the longer you've known each other, and that's why it feels a lot more like family. There's a popular notion that I hear a lot. I also hear it denied a lot, but I hear it a lot that older people 
aren't interested in or don't have sex. Oh, that's bullshit. No, I mean, that's the other thing. I don't know who made this stuff up. You know, I mean, I grew up, I was reading Anais Nin, all kinds of stuff. And I was like, you know what? Your body is, it, it doesn't die. But, you know, the notion of sex among older people in general freaks a lot of younger people out. Oh, it yeah. just makes them squirm. And I know part of it is, ew, I don't want to think about my parents doing that. Oh, yeah. I remember years when I was younger and I heard my mother and father, I thought they were fighting. And then I found out they weren't because I went and knocked on the door and my mother said, what do you want? I said, is daddy hitting you? And she said, no, he's not hitting me. And then I said to myself, well, what the hell could they be doing in there? And then it dawned on me and I got, I wanted to throw up, you know, um, I mean, seriously. And I wasn't like eight or nine years old. I can still remember this. I can still see what color the, remember the color of the door. And plus, to be honest with you, I snuck and got and walked in my closet. I crawled in my closet because my closet touched their closet. And I kept listening like, what the hell are they doing in there? And, and then I was, I was really annoyed to thought that they were old and doing this stuff. Ugh, made me want to throw up. This pops up a few times in the book, you know, when people are either uh, wishing for a sexual partner if they didn't have one or thinking, yeah, it's been a while. Can I even remember how to do this? Or advising people, it's been a while. You need to get back up on the horse. (laughs) Why was it important to continue to, you know, to to encourage people to do this. Well, because first of all, I think that people think when you get older, you become asexual, and I don't buy it. Um, it, it, it your, your body doesn't die, you know. Um, you still have the same kinds of desires, and you want intimacy. And who doesn't want a kiss and a hug, among other things, mm-hmm. you know? Um, <laughs> I mean, it, it, that's, that's like some 1960s stuff. And... Um, I, I, and, and the reason I put it in here is that we, I don't, we don't have to apologize for this. You know, we are sexual beings at 60, 68, and I hope 80. <laughs> yeah, and you'll live longer. Yeah, but not only that, but, you know, it's also a, about intimacy. It, you know, people still like to be hugged, and a kiss is wonderful if the person mm-hmm. is a good kisser. <laughs> <laughs> And that's the other thing that young people, young people think that the clock is ticking, you know, after 35, that it's all downhill from here, and it's not. Mm -hmm. Your books are infused with, like, family and friendship. That's a really, that's sort of at the heart of everything, especially among women. Yet some critics have dismissed them as chick lit just because they're about women. Oh, God. Are are these books any different from other authors uh, who write about family life and friendships? No. Like, why do they teach no. Tolstoy and not Terry? You know, I'll put it this way. I, I've been so past the whole chick lit thing. I mean, like 20 years ago. Um, I tell stories the way I want to tell stories about people whose lives mean a lot to me. Sometimes they are women. Sometimes they are kids and boys and grandparents and older people and... I don't worry as much about critics. I want, I'm more interested in the people that read my books and the impact that they might have on their lives. And hopefully it's positive. 
and that they are encouraged by what they read and, and just feel better. That's it. I have watched women over the years, my mother, my aunts, my friends, and teenage girls and all the stuff that we go through. And, it's, and our lives are hard. And we try, we, we manage, and we have to manipulate and, and, and try to second-guess folks and still want to be happy and be sexual beings and smart and educated. And if you call that chick lit, then I don't want to say it, but it, it, we're not chicks. We're women. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Also, can we just get rid of chicklet? Like, yeah. everyone should just, like, take that out of their vocabulary completely. Yeah. I'm so over it. Hear that publishing industry? Yes. <laughs> I buy a lot of books. <laughs> Listen to me. Stop calling it chicklet. We're going to have even more from Karen Grisby Bates and Terry McMillan after the break. Stay with us. This message comes from NPR sponsor Discover. Did you know that Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year automatically? With no limit to how much you can earn or how much they'll match. Plus, Discover is accepted at over 95% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. So when you use your Discover card, get used to hearing yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2019 Nielsen Report. Limitations apply. The coronavirus pandemic is changing everything really fast. So we have created a podcast where you can hear conversations and stories from NPR journalists who are covering the pandemic, the public health fight against it, and how the world is coping. I'm your host, Kelly McEvers. Listen and subscribe to Coronavirus Daily from NPR. Shireen. Jean. Code Switch. And we're back with Karen Grigsby-Bates, who spoke to author Terry McMillan about her new novel, It's Not All Downhill From Here. Yep, and I want to share one last message from Terry. It's a message for people like you, Shireen, and Eugene. I just hope that people who read Downhill, especially if they're younger, that they may look at their older relatives and parents. Um, not to say that they don't love them or respect them, but just admire them for what they're trying to do and how they're trying to live and if they aren't to encourage them and give them hugs and let them know how much they love them because it's not it's not all downhill from here for lack of a better cliche oh that is the most perfect advice right now especially when so many older people are, are probably feeling very isolated and in need of some encouraging words. Yeah, I'm going to call my mom after listening to this conversation. I think, you know, we are a, lot, a lot of us are thinking about our parents and, like, um, we want our parents to be sort of active and stuff, and now we're trying to tell them to sit down, and I think a lot of us have, like, really mixed feelings about that. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, uh, I don't know. Well, that's good. Definitely call your parents. People out there, call your parents or your aunties, your uncles. And maybe we all need to think about the other things Terry is doing, too. She is enjoying life, taking care of herself to be maximally healthy, which makes us enjoy life more. And as she puts it, when the time comes, she'll be sliding into home with no regrets. And we're hoping that doesn't happen anytime soon. <sighs> you yes. find a point where <laughs> you can exhale. 
No one should ever try and sing Whitney songs. I'm raising my hand. I've already done it once on this podcast. Sorry to everyone. It's a karaoke mistake all the time. Oh, yeah. So on the topic of enjoying life, Karen, do you have a song that's giving you life right now as you dance around inside your house and do other things with your husband? (laughs) I do, and I think in this case, considering our conversation, the choice is obvious. It's Exhale, which is the actual name of what we always call the Shoop Shoop song. I never knew that. (laughs) I didn't know that either. Yeah. (laughs) It says exhale, and then in parens it says Shoop Shoop song. Um, (laughs) And it's it's perfect for this right now because if you remember the lyrics, you're saying, you know, that there comes a point when you have to stop holding your breath and worrying about what other people think of you and how other people are judging you, you need to relax into yourself, especially if you have friends who have your back. And that's our show. Please subscribe to our newsletter by going to npr.org slash newsletter. And follow us on Twitter. We're at NPR Code Switch. You can follow Shireen at Radio Mirage and me at G-E-E-D-E-E 215 and Karen at Karen Bates. And we want to hear from you. Our email is codeswitch at npr.org. And subscribe to the podcast on NPR One or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode was produced by Kumari Devarajan. It was edited by Leah Danella. And a shout out to the rest of the Code Switch fam, Jess Kung, L.A. Johnson, Natalie Escobar, and Steve Drummond. Our interns are Diane Lugo and Isabella Rosario. I'm Shireen Marisol Maraji. And I'm Jean Demby. And I'm Karen Grigsby-Bates. Wash your hands. And don't be racist. And stay safe. Be easy, y'all. Peace. Hey parents, Mindy here from Wow in the World, NPR's podcast for all ages. With schools out, we are all looking for fun ways to educate and entertain our kids. Wow in the World has over 100 science-filled, screen-free episodes to help them laugh and learn. It's like a cartoon for their brains. Wow in the World from Tinkercast and NPR.